The Business Growth Podcast by legendary entrepreneur Dan Bradbury gives you the best strategies to grow a profitable, sustainable company that isn't dependent on you. Whether it be how to hire and lead a world-class team, business finance, marketing, time management, growth through acquisition, or maximizing your company's value before you exit, this podcast is for you. And now, your host for the Business Growth Podcast, Dan Bradbury. All right, hello, welcome everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Business Growth Podcast, Q&A edition. Last week's uh, episode got lots of positive feedback. Uh, people coming up to me at events, etc., just unsolicited, telling me what a great job. I was going to say that I did, but it was probably you or Edward. It's teamwork. Yeah, yeah. So um, we have uh, we're on a very tight schedule today, so we've got a Fast and Furious episode. Let's get uh, off with the uh, first question. All right, first question from Michael. How have Tough Mudder managed to get into such big troubles? Yeah, so first of all, if you don't know, Tough Mudder are, uh, a, is an obstacle race com- uh, company where you do kind of 10 kilometers, obstacle course race in teams. There's lots of equivalents, like who's some of the other ones? There's Spartan. Yeah, Spartan there's, Race, there's, there's, Wolf Run. Uh, Wolf Run. There's, there's a whole yeah. variety of these different type of uh, obstacle course racing become popular in recent years. And Tough Mudder is one of the biggest. I know it's international. I don't know how many countries it's in, but I believe it started in the United States. It's all across the the UK and other countries worldwide, growing massively, massively, massively. One of my gyms that I owned and I actually sold it last year. Um, we used to take all our uh, clients and we used to go together as a camaraderie thing and do do the one in the Midlands um, uh, every year. And um, I found out that Tough Mudder were going into bankruptcy, or the 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 US. Uh, uh, parent company is going into mm. chapter 11 um, in the US uh, uh, because they owe almost a million dollars to their suppliers and uh, the the uh, the owner the, the new owner the person that bought the, the gym off me rang me up and said hey Dan did you know Tough Mudder going under and he was actually asking for advice because all the uh, all uh, the, his clients, what were my clients, now his clients have bought tickets because they do it every year and mm-hmm. now they're not going to run the race. And I gave advice on that, but he made the comment, how can they have got in trouble? Because they are tens of millions in annual revenue, might even be bigger than yeah. that, and, they, and yet they've gone under. And I, I don't know, I think time will tell because this is a hot topic, news stories coming out every day in the press right now. But what's interesting to me is, Something's not been managed well. They were yeah. forced into bankruptcy by their major creditors, which are the um, the companies that build the obstacles, and uh, so they're kind of most major cost probably. Um, and uh, that, that was what forced them under. And now it looks like they're going to be sold to a competitor. And there was a bit of a hoo ha because they wanted to get forty four million um, uh, price to buy this company out right. of this distressed business and it looks like they're going to end up being forced to sell for 18 million which after debts etc is going to only leave the two founders i believe with about one and a half million each which if you listen to this you might go one and a half million uh, dollars is a nice chunk of change but for a massive internationally mega successful company what has gone wrong and i don't know but i'm going to say that somebody wasn't watching the numbers after all Turnover is vanity. Profit is sanity. There you go. So, uh, so I don't know. But, uh, I don't know, but time will tell. But certainly a high-profile thing, and somebody's not watching uh, 
Somebody's been watching revenues and not watching margins and balance sheet reserves, I suspect. Awesome. Right, next one. Ready? Yep, let's do it. Uh, next question is coming in from Jennifer, and it's, uh, my business partner keeps coming up with really bad ideas. He's always wanted to do something new. How do I shut these ideas down without getting to a screaming match every time? Well, I, I think here it's probably pretty fair to say that I'm the one that comes up with the closest <laughs> ideas more often, and you're probably second, so we're probably the, 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 the worst people to ask for this advice, but yeah. it reminds me of um, uh, a client, and he won't mind me, uh, actually no, because of what I'm going to say at the end of the story, I won't share his name, but uh, the, we, we've got a client who, who just renewed today, actually, so you know yeah. I'm talking Mr. about. X. Yeah, Mr. X, who, when he joined us, he was doing high six-figure kind of eight, nine hundred thousand, a million maybe in revenues, but he wasn't making much profit. It was, it was only making, uh, in that year, he made 68,000 pounds in profit. And um, when we came on board, he had a whole host of plans to say, hey, Dan, help me double my business. You know, help me radically grow this thing. And I said, I'm, I know he said his name then. Uh, I said, <laughs> Mr. X, um, you know, I, I'm, I, if you're looking to double your revenue, I'm not interested. If you're looking to double your profit, I'm very interested. He said, well, we've got to get more revenue to get more profit. But I knew from looking at his numbers, the guy was so uh, scattered, Jennifer. He, he, he was being pulled. Uh, he was just chasing his tail and running in a lot of different directions. And I knew that he wasn't being productive because he wasn't focused. He was kind of homogenized by dabbling and lots of stuff. Distractions. Right. Shiny penny syndrome. So we made a deal. I said... Mr. X, he said, why are you calling me that? My name's... <laughs> I said, look, because he has this personality that needs to get entrepreneurial startup mentality. I said, that's got you here, Mr. X. It's not going to get you there. But we actually had to come to a compromise of four days a week, he'd do the core business, and a day of the week, he could do the more fanciful stuff. You know, that idea has been made famous by Google, I think it was, that allows employees to one day a week work on their own mm. pet projects. And that's what we did with Mr. X. And, uh, and in the four days a week, I got him on a tight budget. And by the end of that year, his revenues basically stayed flat. But his profit went up to... I don't know. A spectacular number. It, it wasn't doubled. You know, it wasn't like 130, 140. It actually increased to over 450,000 pounds, which is wow. like 6X or somewhere in that range. So like 6X increase in profit. And, but, the, but the revenues didn't increase. And really, that's because we cut out the unnecessary expenses. But truthfully, actually, his revenue did grow in, the, in certain parts of his business, but we cut off the non-profitable parts that he was distracted by. And we built a, a strong base, Jennifer, a strong foundation, and he created cash reserves. He, I mean, I don't think he'd ever had more than 20 or 30 grand in the bank ever. And then we built up multi-six-figure reserves, a few hundred thousand pounds was that first year target, I think. And then he was able to invest and grow in other things. So we could get off track more than we got time for on this uh, brief episode, but um, it's to come kind of balance of no success happens with only short focus. You know, it's always a long extended period that true success happens. But you do need to cater for um, that kind of entrepreneurial mindset and give them a very mm -hmm. small parameters in which to uh, do. Oh, and I almost forgot the punchline, which is why I didn't mention his name. So Mr. X still, it became an inward joke whenever he'd attend the private mastermind meetings because uh, he'd always have these crazy ideas. And my favorite one was when Bitcoin, when it was hot, 
Yeah. Mr. X decided that he was going to take 50 grand and invest in a in a, a Bitcoin operation. Okay. And uh, everyone thought it was stupid, but it was within the parameters of a amount of money that by that point his company could afford to lose. And it was in his spare time. And uh, so he often went and did it. Mm-hmm. And it was going exceptionally well for about three months. And I think you can guess what happened next. So we still we still rib him on that basis today. So hope that helps, Jennifer. Cool. So it's about having one day to play and four days to work. Right. Right. Awesome. Yeah, like, and and not just time specifically allocated, so you can stay focused, but mm-hmm. also capital as well. Awesome. Cool. Uh, next question coming in from Christopher. Hey Dan, I always see these Sunday Times fastest growing companies and wonder how do they how do they know? Is this a marketing tactic for these companies? How do they find these companies and know their finances? Yeah, uh, it's good. I, I, I've got um, a friend who's won the Sunday Times, fa- come top of the Sunday Fast Track uh, 100 list uh, three times. He's the only right. person. He's uh, uh, the only person to it three times. In fact, he's in a, a previous episode of this podcast. That's Steve Bennett. Um, and look, I, I do think it's a bit gimmicky because it is based upon revenue growth. I mean, you can look it up online, and you, yes, you can enter, and it's based upon revenue growth. And they send somebody out to your office if you put in the right numbers that show enough growth, and you're above. You've got to be above a certain baseline. I think it might be a million to start, or uh, actually, I think it's less than that, but half a million, something like that. And you show growth year on year, mm-hmm. and they send somebody out, but then they check your accounts, etc. Okay. Um, and. Uh, uh, and it is interesting because ultimately, if you want to grow profit massively over the long term, you will have to have revenue growth, right? Your profit can't exceed your revenue. So if, you, if you've only got 100000 in revenue and you want to make more than 100000 in profit, you're going to require company growth. Um, uh, so it is a little bit gimmicky. Um, and uh, But I was fascinated in a uh, success mastermind meeting uh, that we had in December. We were celebrating uh, a, a member of our... Uh, uh, in our programs who'd gone from uh, half a million to over five million in revenue in a year mm-hmm. and we kind of gave him the award for kind of best growth yeah, I remember. Uh, and then s- somebody privately came in and had a quiet word in one of my uh, uh, team's ear and said I do, I do more revenue than that <laughs> and um, it turns out uh, that uh, our friend Ricky from Evergen uh, Solar had um uh, so you just kind of saw a panel installation, had uh, not only entered the Sunday Times Fast Track 100, but it actually come eighth. So it was yeah. the eighth f- uh, fastest privately held company in the UK last year. And uh, meteoric growth, um, and uh, truthfully, I can't remember off the cuff now where he'd gone from and to, but he'd gone from low seven-figure revenues to high seven-figure. Uh, it might have even been eight-figure. I don't know, it was eight, nine million, ten million, somewhere in that range, you know. So he'd have rapid growth, and we're going to get Ricky on. Uh, so Ricky, this is a reminder if you listen to this, <laughs> you agreed we're going to do an interview. Um, he's had rapid growth, but turnover is vanity. I mean, don't get me wrong, Ricky's running a profitable company, but good God, it's had its ups and its downs, right? Uh, turnover is vanity, profit is sanity, but cash is king. And growth consumes cash, and Ricky would be the first to say that it's, you know, it's not been a smooth ride. So uh, be Brilliant. careful what you wish for. Looking forward to to hearing in detail on that one. Um, next question is James. 
Any specific advice or phrasing to help chase slash get late payments? Yeah, uh, James, I, I, um, it's more of philosophy than the specific phrase. I think that um, there are skills to be, to be effective, that is ultimately to, to create, generate revenue. The skills attached with being efficient, that's margins, cost control, and the skills attached to being productive, i.e. turning profits into operating cash flow. And they're different skills. And I think that um, oftentimes when I, when I buy distressed companies, um, that's the low-hanging fruit. Get in money that you're already owed and get it in quicker so you can reuse that capital. Um, and, and I think people just aren't paying attention. So a great example of this is, and, and I, I, again, I won't mention names because it's a bit of a, um, because uh, I'm not trying to sound derogatory, but there's a another training provider that does kind of uh, business education um, in the UK that's a, a big company relative to the size of the industry. So this wasn't a one-man band. This was somebody with, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 employees. Um, and uh, he his revenues grew rapidly, rapidly, and uh, treme seemingly tremendously successful. And then all of a sudden, seemingly out of nowhere, he became insolvent and had to appoint an insolvency practitioner. Um, and fortunately, he didn't go under. Um, he was able to do a CVA, a company voluntary arrangement, and repay his, arrange to repay his creditors. But I got involved, or was looking to get involved, I was trying to take a stake in the company because I felt that they did good work and I wanted to see if I could help. And ultimately the answer was no, which was fine because they felt they'd already solved the problem. But what had transpired was they were selling and getting loads of new customers, but people were on kind of monthly membership and nobody was checking whether or not the money was coming in. So they were making all these sales and then they were declaring VAT on that basis, but loads like of people's credit card payments were declining. So there were wow. new invoices were being raised every month and they were being delivered the service, mm -hmm. but ultimately the cash wasn't landing in the bank account. So they had the turnover, they were providing the service, but turnover's vanity, profit's sanity, cash is king. They weren't able to meet the payments and, you know, VAT and bills need to be paid with cash. So... It really, that big company then massively shrunk and it went from 80 people, mass redundancies, got shrunk back down to 20, I think. And then it, I believe that now it seems to be that they're on a, on a good path again. Um, was because they had an incompetent person. Um, it was a lady, um, but by my judgment, an incompetent person that, that, uh, that was in charge of the finances, a finance director type person that didn't do a good job. So um, uh, the answer, James, is really who's paying attention to the right metric? Tactically, I, I, I'm in favor of being clear about a multi-step process. It always, the, 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 the more aged your receivables become, the harder they are to collect. Just be honest. Think about it this way. Anybody that's sensible, uh, not sensible, anybody that's real in the world of business, that's not lying, um, has had cash flow challenges at times in the past. Course, yeah. And when cash gets tight, everybody has either consciously or unconsciously got a priority list of who gets paid, right? So for most people, the employees get paid first, right? For some people, taxman has to get paid on time. Some people, that's not a must. That, 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 it depends. But there are people that you go, yeah, yeah, I can get away with not paying them or holding them off. So 
what you've got to do, James, is make sure that you are high on that pecking order. How do you do that? Well, I, I, I'm not coming in heavy-handed. I'm for, if you are just on it so that when you are a day late, great, a phone call's coming from your office, you've got that person-to-person connection, uh, you know what? You, you're least likely to get bumped down that list, or less likely, so you get the money. You get the money and the people that aren't paying attention don't. So just be clear about who within your organization, James, is paying attention to when you get paid. Brilliant, thank you. Uh, last question comes in from Leighton, who is our three-time mastermind of the quarter champion. Yeah. <clears throat> What's the best way of getting a team member focused on individual tasks through to completion? Good, so uh, uh, Leighton, um, who we know very well, has multiple uh, locations, uh, PT studio, fitness business, uh, and growing very rapidly, doing a great job. Uh, just stepped up for a private mastermind this year in 2020. Um, uh, so, Leighton, you've probably heard me say this before, but ultimately, your team are the highest leverage, right? Your highest leverage. So, I wish I had a magical thing that I could wave in this direction, but it's about leadership. And this, if I had a single tool, it would be regular very regular one-to-ones because if, if I think about your question about people that are um, you said how can I get them focused on an individual task and getting it complete suggest to me this person is going off and doing other things right it's kind of like ADD but in a fast-growing business everybody's trying to manage a whole host of different things so how do you keep them focused on one thing first of all you're going to mark it out as a high priority it's going to be marked out as a high priority, okay? And second, culturally, how do you make it so that people do what they say they're going to do, right? And the best tool to facilitate, to, I don't think you can make somebody, I can't make Ed do something, is how do you create an environment where he, want, he or she wants to do it? And so that regular kind of one-to-one time, um, uh, and I would suggest weekly laden, I know we've had this conversation in the past, is some of the highest value strategic leverage you've got, right? Because he or she is out there the other four, uh, 39 and a half hours a week um, doing the job, or 39 hours a week, and actually that's your job to, is to refocus. Ed, great, we agreed, this is your most important objective this week, how are you going to do it? Great. The next week, Ed, have you done that thing? And it's realignment. You know, your people, your team Leighton, are the highest cost category you've got. So if you've got a payroll, uh, and I do actually know Leighton's payroll, but I won't, uh, I won't breach confidentiality. If you're listening to this, if you've got a monthly payroll of 20 grand, um, at, you know, it's a quarter of a million a year, great. You've got an investment of a quarter of a million a year. Getting that extra 10, 15, 20% of performance is critical. Is that worth an hour a week? I would say absolutely, it'd be the highest yield you can. So weekly one-to-ones, because ultimately, Leighton, if the person's uh, assuming you've hired well and they're capable of the job, we're down to the three T's, right? Well, what are you gonna do? So if I'm talking about Ed now, so Ed and I, it's either I need him to hit certain performance targets, we can clarify that. I've got three options if he's not doing what I need him to do. Number one, I can tolerate it, which is what most people do, and that's why they get shitty inferior results. Uh, number two is I can train him 
to get better performance, get more out of him by training in competency, uh, competency or culture or just good leadership, focusing him, or I can, ultimately I can terminate. The three T's, uh, tolerate, train or terminate. Most people choose to tolerate and you need to make that intolerable. Um, really training and leadership is where it's at and ultimately if that's failing to work after an extended period of time later, you need to terminate. And on that job, we need to terminate this. Uh, we need to terminate this call. I thought so, it was going to go in a different direction then. What, what were you going to go? Oh, I thought I was going to go out the door. On, cam on camera execution. So that's all we've got time for this week, guys.